Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there. Welcome to episode 66 of The Sportive, the least planned podcast of all time. I'm your host, Brandon. With me tonight is uh, one Stuart. Hello, Stu. Hey, it's uh, Steve from American Public Media slash NPR. How's it going, guys? Oh, guy. guy, yeah, just me. Um, we're missing yeah. Clarence, who should be uh, dialing in momentarily. And we're also missing yeah. uh, Jonathan, who is... Uh, currently judging a wet t-shirt contest in Puerto Vallarta on his honeymoon, um, so we wish him all the best. Just gross. Just just a bad human being. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's very smutty. That's what we've always, the number yeah. one so way to describe John. Smut monger. Hey, no, we need things to talk about. I can talk about his wedding. I yeah. His wedding. It'd be perfect to talk about it while he's not here, because that's our favorite thing to do, is make fun of people who can't defend themselves. So, Let's get all of that out of the way now, um, and then just never actually ask him about it in person. Yeah, yeah. Um, no it, was a, um, it was a very nice wedding. Um, my wife, uh, Mandy, at my wife, um, and I went there. we met the uh, Rams and their um, lovely baby Annabelle. We were there uh, representing the podcast world, and uh, we uh, literally uh, were uh, us and the Rams were at the internet table, which is what it was called at the reception by the oh, people. No. <laughs> we were the internet sad. people, not friends from the internet, so they kind of had us off in the corner. Kind of, it was darker. There weren't as many. There was like a flickering light. <laughs> yeah, really good Wi-Fi. And from the ceiling, it was, it was you know we we knew where we were at, so we understood. But yeah. No, great, you know, it was just wonderful, you know, John and Lisa are just two of the nicest people ever, and it was a very nice thing, um, it was, uh, the reception itself was also in the church basement, so it was a dry wedding, which, um, you know, obviously, you know, you don't have to drink to have a good time, but to have a good time at a wedding, you have to drink. Speak for yourself, yeah, yeah, that's one of the... Those are just facts, I'm not, you know, trying to tell anyone how to live, but, um, but what was very kind of them is that after the wedding, there was like a two-hour gap between the wedding and the reception so they gave out little maps as you were leaving the church to like the six of the nearest uh pubs in the area okay so, they knew yeah. they knew yeah you got to please yeah. the guests and the newmans absconded to the uh, nearest that was uh, the uh, tavern on france the fancy schmancy place over by uh whatever the hell the thing is over there oh the thing Atlanta. over in the the area yeah, near the neighborhood. Exactly. We we walk in, you know, half the wedding parties at the bar, so just uh, downing shots, putting some in their pockets, a bottle of Fireball, you know, it's just, 
Oh, so man. We, we had a couple of drinks there and then went back up to the reception and um, it was very nice. They had a they had a buffet of dips and a buffet of candy, which was kind of awesome. Love it. So did you we, did you drink enough to um did you drink yeah. enough to dance? I did not drink enough to dance, no. Okay. I did, not, would... I did not lose myself per Pharrell and the Daft Punks. Yeah. So the kids these days. But yeah, so yeah, they had a big uh, big candy buffet, which, you know, if you like uh, sour patch kids and uh Raisinets, that's a pretty cool thing to have. And the the dinner was catered by Chipotle, so literally everything Clarence ate in one room. So <laughs> candy. I mean, you had me, and then you lost me with that candy. I mean, Sour Patch Kids, I think, is the the apex, and Raisinets is garbage food. That's go into the garbage yeah. punishment. Yeah, I'm never going to go back to that house on Halloween ever again. It's one of those. Yeah, Raisinets are the worst. I mean, because raisins are, you know. You know the enemy of things that are good and true, and just the government chocolate is just a lie. It's like putting them in cookies. We've discussed this. It's just raisins are a lie. So. It's not even controversial. Everybody agrees. I don't even know why they're still around. Get out of here. Nobody wants you, raisins. Oh, the raisins. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I don't under. I don't know. So. Oh, there's Clarence. Nice. Clarence. I think there's a sort of fire going on. Oh, oh, that's sad. Well, hopefully he dials in at some point or can hear us at some point. We'll see what happens. I can hear you now. Oh, hey. Hi, Clarence. Holy. Hey, Brandon. Is Stu there? Oh, yeah. Yep. I can't hear him. Is he talking? No. He's... I'm right here. Hello. Oh, there hello. he is. There he is. There he is. Holy cow. He sounds like uh, Bob Casey like on the loudspeaker. Super... I think it might must be my side because he sounds very. Uh, well, I'm on my phone actually. The laptop was being goofy, so I went to the phone, and it's a brand new oh, phone. And it's fancy. New phone, new fancy phone with some some good speakers, yeah, good microphone. Yep. Oh well, okay. <laughs> Clarence, uh, we were in the middle of shitting on raisins. Do you have anything to add? Uh, I don't really eat them. I don't. I don't hate them. You mean? odd it's a food that i don't have a strong opinion on one way or the other it's a small small group of foods of foods you um, mean just subjects in general of subjects in general and raisins are one of them i just i don't really you're a take it or leave it guy with raisins that's fucked up man that's weird i just don't care about them in different towards them they're uh i guess i get angry about them in obviously like like everybody else in cookies they're frustrating because you gotta if raisins didn't exist, you wouldn't have to look at chocolate chip cookies. So, you know, like the Shroud of Turin, just invest in yeah. looking down and squint your eyes and, what, okay, what is this? Is this a oatmeal raisin or is this chocolate chip and oatmeal yeah. raisin? Oh. Bring a pocket oh, flashlight to parties just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's the only thing. So maybe I do have a strong take on, on raisins, but in general, they're fine. I, I don't know, healthy snack for the kids, I guess. Kids like them. So I can't be too hard on him. Oh, man, that's disappointing. Um, yeah, we were talking about uh, Jonathan's wedding that we both uh, uh, crapped out on, and Stuart was our representative yep. and got sat at the internet table, mm-hmm. and there was a candy buffet that included raisinets for some reason. Really? That's bullshit. Yeah. Well, 
if that's what he likes, Brandon, you know what, Brandon? This wasn't your wedding. This just John's wedding. Yeah, but John <laughs> is serving the people, and we just agreed nobody likes raisins. The best you, yeah, you're the biggest supporter I've ever heard of raisins, and your best you could do is like uh, I don't. Man, I mean, pick a candy for the candy buffet, and one of the uh, grooms, but I think picked raisin out. So it might have been. Uh, I'm going to blame Dave Marthaler, John Marthaler's twin brother, who's more negative. And um, I think that might have been, he might have been the culprit. So Dave's the raisin culprit? Tip um, it, would be a, it would be an Ortonville thing to pick nature's worst candy. <laughs> Just put up, sad, here's some raisin. Yeah. yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, okay, well, it sounds like it was a good wedding. Let's move on to more important matters. Guys... When is the next secret meeting of the political correct mob? The three of us are members, <laughs> um, founding members, I believe. Um, and it's important that we gather uh, um, shrouded in mystery um, once every other week or so and just come up with who we're going to just take down next for saying something barely offensive and taking it way too far. Um, I'm just wondering when we're meeting next. Do you guys know? I don't. Is it is it a quarterly deal or is it a biennial? I think we moved it up to monthly because there's so many things out there that we can pretend be oh. offended by. Man, I don't know, guys. I got a lot of meetings. I might be able to squeeze it in. I mean, it's an important. I'll... The things that are important in your life, you make time for. And this you have is to. important. Being part of this mob is, I need to prioritize it. Yeah, yeah. So um, just to explain a little bit of what we're talking about, if I have this right, and you guys are going to have to correct me because I'm not a local yet, um, Dan Barrero, um, one of our guys, one of our favorite, you know, uh, mudslingers, Grump. favorite grumps, um, was claiming that the reason Tony Dungy was getting so much shit uh, for his uh, take that Michael Sam shouldn't, he, w- he didn't want him on his team because he would be a distraction. The only reason people were offended by that is because we're overly sensitive to issues of the day. Is that is that right? I didn't hear his explanation of his tweet. That's um, I I got what I know from Donnelly, who listened to it, and that's I think was the gist of it. And I just I think he's just trolling. I I can't think of any. One who would seriously think that, but it, it's particularly sad when old people troll. It seems like such a young man's game. Just, just stirring it up, just to stir it up. You know, like that makes sense to me. If you're 11, troll. I get it. He's trying to the knots, Brandon. You've just been like laying on the ground crying. Just no more, no more. And then so this. You know, say something about VORP and jeans, and you're done. It's over. <laughs> That's true. He does. And it just sounds, it's, you know, that's that David Tell line. It's like walking in on Santa Claus taking a dump. It's just, you know, it's just so. <laughs> just, jarring. Just, that's what I was trying to say. Jarring. It's not right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it is. Um, no, I just think it's um, my question about the whole thing. And let's, you know, yeah. I think my main question is what do the, because it's not just Barrero that is starting to come up with this, like people are too sensitive and 
this internet group think sort of deal or whatever. What do these types of folks want us to do with a comment like Tony Dungy? Like what is the optimal in their, in their words uh, or their point of view, like mature or the best way to do it? Is it just don't say anything and let bigots be bigots or is it like, let's get a quote from him and talk it out first. Or I don't even know what, cause I, to me, I thought the good and decent thing to do as a human being is to yell at Tony Dungy. Right. So either he was just being um, cognizant uh, about being an asshole or he was misquoted and had something else. Either way, let's yell at him and he can, you know, figure it out from there. And he understands like, oh, wait, this is a much more sensitive issue than I thought it was or I misspoke or whatever. I thought we were doing the right thing by being upset. And it sounds like some people think that that's not the right thing. I'm just curious what that what Dan would say if he was here or any of any one of his ilk is there a counter well, he'd probably say something about us doing this in my mother's basements if i had to guess <laughs> yes yes he would start so there I'm in the main level, as far as i know but uh god i don't know i don't want to guy had you know i had a run in an internet run in with him during the uh, seahawks playoff run because he basically went nuts about richard sherman you know being all in your face and stuff, and I just kind of, you know, didn't agree with that, and he, like, just made some sort of comment about Tim Tebow not being able to get away with that, and I just was like, you know, I, I, I don't even have to talk about it, I'm just, so, <laughs> I, I, I should have, this is why preparing for one of these things is important, because it's kind of bother to me about this, and I just can't get the words put together. I'm not even drunk. I've had one beer. So. <laughs> oh, that's not enough. I'm on like number seven. No, for a while. I'm doing that. Um, um, Manti doing a snake dog at PA here. So um, maybe this will help. Yeah, there you go. Get the words to um, I think maybe Barrero's point was that Tony Dungy has done a lot of good things, which he has. I don't yep. think anyone denies it. And he's really helped a lot of people who've been in terrible situations and has led a mostly decent, honorable life with the exception of being horribly bigoted to gay people. Yep. And it's a major, that's a major exception. That's not something you have to skate on just for being a really good person in other areas of your life. It just, that's just not a thing. At least, in my opinion, it shouldn't be. But... No, obviously, it's a huge issue. It's not like he only tips 12%. You know, where you're like, well, that's close enough. I mean... Or, you know, Jay Watkins, that, or... Wears pleated khakis. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll buy three words in his mouth, and that's for him, and I would like to extend more courtesy to him than he would probably extend to me or any of us here. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah, um, Clarence, do you have a, a, a horse in this race? I don't, I don't, uh... oh man, where would I start on issues like this? I feel strongly about issues like this. Yes. I yes. don't, on Twitter, get into things like this. On Twitter, I try, I really don't get too serious on the things that I believe. I just don't. I don't find joy in that. I find joy in hollering about the wild or about a restaurant 
or about just nonsense, you know, stuff that ultimately doesn't matter on uh-huh. issues like this. Um, I don't disparage people that do, that go to Twitter and speak their mind. I think it's fine. Either way, you're fine. Speak your mind. I, uh, on issues like this, I feel like I do my biggest part on trying, you know, I got kids, I try to raise them right to treat people how I would want, how they should want to be treated, um, treat people equally with everybody with dignity, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the part I, I try to play. Rather than going on Twitter and being the 4,000th person to get on Tony Dungy or uh, to, you know, congratulate Michael Sam, even though I feel that way, I just feel like, you know what, just by living a, my life, how I think people should be you know, treating others and having my kids see me treat others how they should be treated. Um, that's the part that I play. For me, Twitter is more about, and this podcast is more about, just, it's, a, you know, like in an air compressor, oh. when you're done using it, you there's like the relief valve at the bottom. Uh-huh. You let it out. You just let all the air out. Mm-hmm. That's what this is at the end of the day for me. So Twitter is, that's what this podcast is. Uh, I have to for work, you know, be more reserved and uh, hold my tongue, bite my tongue, and it gets political and things like that. This is my chance to be uh, just a screwball and loud. So uh, things that don't matter. You don't, I, don't often know if that ad- made sense at all. No, nah, I mean it made sense. It's it's disappointing. Uh, you know that you're just being so level-headed and reasonable about this whole thing. I was hoping you'd holler. Well, a I, I bit. don't speak. On, I don't think I've ever tweeted on Cluey or on what would be on. Politics, really, in general, I might hint around them sometimes if I just want to yank someone's jug that's over that I think is extremely political. I like to kind of, you know, needle them a little bit. Just but him, let him, let him. Just getting Tristan uh, Pander a little bit. Yeah, like that's that. really who I'm thinking about. I kind of enjoy that. Yeah, you love hollering about <laughs> highways and shit. I like needling him a little bit. He said yeah. that the Cedar Avenue Bridge was a mistake, and I probably will never let that go on my whole goddamn life. Should, have, should still have the old Cedar Avenue Bridge. That was just fine, and that's the most remarkable goddamn opinion on anything I think I've ever heard yeah. in my life. I think it's just remarkable. I think that's awesome that there's people like that. that <laughs> I'm just in awe to... of your insanity. Like, what? Yeah. Have you ever seen the fucking Cedar Avenue Bridge? You've seen it lately. It's literally like a foot from the water, and it's, they don't barely let bikes across it because it's so unsafe. And it's, well, well, two lanes, no shoulder, fuck it. It's mm-hmm. Billy Goat's Gruff Bridge. And, uh, I think it was yeah, but fine. I think if you want to um, uh, yank jugs, you should be able to yank jugs on really any issue. It just might take a little bit harder to take a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Like, there's some there's some do, funny to be had in Tony Dungy's right. situation. I'm not saying I, the way that I treat Twitter is the right way of doing it. I'm oh, I'm saying, saying that it's I for sure to. not the way you do it. That's fine. All you do I, is talk funny. to me about pants. Works for me. It works for me. It, it <laughs> gets you through the day. Well, that I need. Yeah. yeah. All right. Because if I got too political, I just I wouldn't be able to handle it. I wouldn't be able to handle it. I wouldn't. Okay. I can barely handle it now at work just with the people that I have to that pay me like to not go too crazy. You guys don't pay me shit. So if I had to go down that no, road, no, you're right. I wouldn't have any incentive to just lose my, you know, 
lose my shit. So are you Daily. saying, when's the last time you were in a meeting and you suggested to one of your coworkers to shove something up their butt? Not once in my whole life. Okay. All right. So this is, uh, all right, I gotcha. There's two two Clarences. One is not even named Clarence, perhaps. I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting a sense that that's not yeah. your real name. Okay, I gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, and, uh, if you don't feel comfortable ragging on Tony Dungy, we'll move on to some a little more lighthearted issues. Uh, I want to. I, I want to touch on Gaza, to you two doing and then North Korea, and then we're going to get into the Catholic Church. <laughs> Let's just sort of. Yeah. Let's discuss Hamas and Israel. Yep. Of course. Yeah. We'll do twenty minutes of bits on that. I got some good one-liners. Um. Okay. So. Okay, let's have another, a little more um, high-level question. Um, what sport is going to lose more fans in the next 10 years, the NFL or Major League Baseball? Percentage-wise. Like, they're at X amount right now, and in 10 years, they're at X amount. Who lost more of them? The NFL, because of, you know, uh, all the domestic abuse and... Um, concussions and all that other stuff or mlb because it's just generally not really an entertaining game anymore well the demographics in the mlb i mean all 70 to 85 year olds and they're all going to die in the next 10 to 15 years so it's mm-hmm. probably, probably baseball and you don't think that they're gonna they're gonna be replaced by the kids these days who have all turned to fucking oh, lacrosse oh god not lacrosse yeah no i think as much as it pains me to say it baseball i i, I don't see uh, a way around it i i do see that the nfl has a reckoning coming as far as, i don't think it's, it'll be the domestic abuse it'll be concussions i don't think nfl domestic abuse is different from other jobs or sports it just is really publicized because they're well known mm-hmm. i don't think the above i think as far as as other like jobs go i don't think the level of domestic violence in the nfl is different from an average job Right. I don't. I don't think so. I obviously sport effect is one for real, guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually an important thing. Um, but I think uh, that that concussion thing's a little farther down the road. Whereas I think with baseball, in ten to fifteen years, it's just it's, it's just such an old man's game, and it's just the the people aren't you know coming. I'm just wording this so poorly. Um, they're, all, they're all playing, watching them playing soccer. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. All right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough because it's like I am as horrified with the NFL's, uh, I don't know, behavior and all the off the field shit. But what do you do besides like you have to just not watch it on Sundays? I mean, if you just decide like oh, I'm not going to buy any jerseys, I'm not going to buy a Sunday ticket, that's not really enough people deciding to just not support it with actual dollars, that's not really going to do anything, is it? Or do you think if there's enough people that are just sort of like, like I'm sort of passive about it, I'll watch it on Sundays, but I'm not going to give them a dollar no matter what ever again. Mm-hmm. If there's a bunch of me, is that going to do anything to the league? Because ratings are so key, much right? Money from tel- television, yeah, that they don't care so much about your dollar as they do about the advertiser's dollar. Yeah, exactly. Like if 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 uh, jersey sales plummeted and all of a sudden tickets weren't as th- who gives a shit, right? They're still like they a, wouldn't. 
it would have to be you'd have to say okay I'm not not only am I not spending a dollar directly on your product tickets jersey sales I'm also not buying anything from your advertisers now that is where you start making inroads if if you were to organize an effort those efforts rarely if ever work on anything where they do a boycott oh I'm boycotting you because you didn't do X you know whatever yeah they don't work very often it, it's hard to it, it takes an effort and we're Americans so what varies what no I'm just trying to think historically what is over the decades there's been popular sports that have died off I think of uh, like horse racing or boxing, boxing is the big one it's yep. kind of was it crookedness that killed it off you know scandals people yeah. finding out uh, half the shit's and that may end up being what it would take for one of these sports to to really get damaged is for people to stop believing that they are not predetermined. That's, yeah. That's the whole point of sports, right? Is that you don't know what's yeah. going to happen. And that's why Pete Rose was the number one biggest sin of anybody by right. far, right? Because that just ruined the legitimacy of it. Um, yeah, so it probably was that. that. You know, that which, uh, the Belichick, you know, the just cheats like a motherfucker. The whole thing is crooked, and that's that would be something that would damage the NFL far more quickly than anything we could ever dream up, right? The concussion issue or this domestic violence issue. Um, that would yeah, be something that's gotta that would be really it. hurt them. Yeah, that's a bummer. It's going to take a lot to take down the NFL. Um, but, you know... It would have to take... It would have to be some of that genre, right? And there refs are all bought off or something in that milieu something in that <laughs> yeah. neighborhood yeah because i think boycotting the products is actually pretty easy for me because i'm pretty sure that the only product the only sponsor for them is like cadillac and bud light or something right like <laughs> yeah. i don't buy that shit anyway i swear i'm not buying another cadillac <laughs> that's it <laughs> never again that's it you fuckers <laughs> i mean they have I'm shitty sponsors my three thousand dollar minivan for a Cadillac. I swear to God, I'm not doing it. That'll it's teach you. Happen. <laughs> That'll teach you, motherfuckers. Um, there's, uh, yeah, I don't know what else it could ever, it could ever be. The NFL is just going to be around for a long time. I mean, you need so many people to start being very conscious and willing to make a sacrifice. And when's the last time that ever happened? Just in America in general. Yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be a while. Well, that's a fucking bummer, man, because um, I really hate the NFL right now. But I'll probably watch. I'll watch. Yeah, I don't know what to do about it. I know. I wish I could watch and then somehow take it down in a different manner. I don't think that's possible, though. Yeah, it's we deal with this dilemma all the time. I want the Vikings to win, but I don't want... Rick Spielman or Ziggy Wolf to be successful. Well, how the hell do I make this happen? I don't. Oh, I. There's such a with with everything with all this. I mean, you all. There's so many mental gymnastics you have to perform in order to enjoy any sports. If you know anything about how the sausage is made in any of them. Yeah, NCAA for sure. The NCAA. I mean, just just the twins alone. I mean, just. The 1991 Twins are my favorite team, and you know, Chuck <laughs> and Cody oh. Pickett and Chili Davis. And Jesus, it's just, oh. just you've got to just accept that 
you know, everything you enjoy is made by people who are flawed and maybe kind of to completely awful and just accept that and try to enjoy it on those terms. And if it becomes too much, turn off the TV and read a book written by a guy who's got serious sexual hang-ups and, you know, does things to squirrels. I mean, this... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, no, there's no escape in it. You're never going to find a, a pure thing that you can enjoy completely, you know, right. free of any guilt. Oh, I never, I never just, really enjoyed Stephen King. So that, you know, the Steve <laughs> Squirrel thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, Stu, I think you... Uh, I think you make a good point, though, about, like, not knowing for sure that domestic abuse is worse with um, football players because I think that that's a, a thing that's happened a lot with professional athletes. We assume that they're bigger assholes than the rest of the planet when it's usually not the case. I know there was a, um, a 30 for 30 a year or two ago called Broke that featured all these athletes and how often they lose their fortune and whatever else. Um, and I saw a follow-up article with some very legitimate math that actually proved that athletes don't go broke any more often than any other um, than any other industry, um, even sure. even accounting for the amount of dollars that they make and all that sort of stuff. It should be harder for an athlete to go broke because he's a million yada yada yada. Like all that stuff normalized, they actually are not worse with their money. They just sort of get painted with that brush because there's all these high-profile mm-hmm. cases. Same with Ray Rice, like. I don't want the NFL to um, to not be successful because I think they're all assholes. I just think like the actual league um, is a bunch of um, crooked motherfuckers who are terrible at sure. managing an organization. Like that's what I care about. I think there's a way to like make Roger the NFL. Goodell. Yeah, exactly. I think there's. If you were, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it would take a lot of changes, but there is a version of the oh, NFL man. that could not have as many concussions, right? Um, that could still have some of the things that we enjoy about the NFL um, just in general with, you know, taking away some of those things. So that's what really gets me about it. Like, I still want these guys to be able to play football. It's fucking fun, and they love it, and whatever. It's just the NFL specifically, um, I want them to, to go down hard, hardcore. And to tie it, to try to tie it, together with the concussions part of me wonders and, and I hope it doesn't come across as absolving their behavior because I'm not what, what I worry about though is if some of this behavior is caused by the concussions meaning all the goofy shit they do some of them are just goofballs they're just born that way mm-hmm. but I do worry that a guy taking you know people hostage and then shooting himself in the head maybe he, he was just screwed up anyways yeah, you well, never know. I wonder if I, you, I, we don't know, but I do think there's got to be some correlation on some of these guys. No, I totally agree. And look at the best example is like WWE or whatever it is. Yeah, every one of those motherfuckers dies in some weird, tragic thing at like exactly fifty-one years old. About. And I know it's anecdotal. I don't have you know, I don't have a. Journal of American Medicine or any I don't have the stats in front of me. What I do know is exactly what you're talking about. All these wrestlers dying oddly, and they've all had concussions. All these football players having concussions, and a lot of them are doing goofy shit. Just too much goofy shit. And dying in horrible circumstances. And... Oh, the profile circumstances. Well, and 
you know, you, you hear the stories of the wives talking about it, how they married one guy, and then after their football career is over, they become completely different people. Yeah. Angry and yep. sullen and just, you know, it can't all be a coincidence. It can't. I, maybe it is, but I, I doubt it. So I, feel, I guess what I'm saying is I, I do feel bad in some respects, too. I, we can't, again, absolve the behavior, but I do wonder if it isn't tied to us sit, I'm sitting here eating chips, watching a football game, enjoying them, yeah. ruining their lives. That's hard to... Holy shit, that's hard to... Maybe the answer is watch on Sundays. Don't support the NFL at all, but watch on Sundays... Um, because you care about the guys and you like watching them, but also um, brainstorm with your pals on weekends of a different league that you can create to take down the NFL, and all these guys can come play in your league, the new NFL. And sure. it's like it's a um, you know flag football league. What do you think, guys? They could play at my place here. Mole part of the pasture out there. I've, I've offered it. The sportive NFL. We'll start the sport, the SFL, the Sport of Football League. They can all come play with us. There'll be like, I don't know, tons of like long bombs. That's what we love. We're all we're into the the deep pass. I'm sorry, Stu. Yeah, you cut that? out, buddy. Where Grandland lives, the baby. Same one and the same baby, baby granny. He's out there pretty much every day. First team can be the the deer, the little the baby deer, huh? The baby grannies, oh, baby grannies. The logos right off the top of my head. Yeah, easy. That's awesome. It's just nothing but scatbacks and bombs. So that's why that's how you can justify watching on Sunday. You can say no, 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 no. I'm just watching because these guys are going to be playing in my league someday. I want to, you know, I want to get to know them a little bit. They're going to be Scouting. in the SFL. That's it. I, like it. I feel better already. I'm scouting him. Ginger Hammer. We're taking him down, motherfucker. Oh, that guy's silver spoon, motherfucker. No concussions in our league. <laughs> and if you get a concussion, you get to go to Hawaii for six months and just, just get rid of the head ouchies. Just hang out. I can, I can make no stronger indictment against commissioners of professional sports than saying that my favorite commissioner is the NBA commissioner. I can't make a stronger statement oh my God. the other commissioners are oh. than saying I like the NBA commissioner more than any other commissioner. I hope those other commissioners realize how shitty they better be listening. They're listening. Holy Christ. Batman, do you know how bad that is? That I like the NBA commissioner more than you. That's not that is a bar that is so low on the ground. I mean, you can't even see it. It's fucking... Even sadder is that Bud Selig is probably second, right? Oh, Bud Selig wanted to contract my favorite baseball team. If it were up to him, it would no longer exist. And Correct. I like the NBA. I like, uh, yeah. It, and I probably like him more than the NHL commissioner. That's holy Yeah. This is not a good time for commissioners. Yeah, you're right. Silver is probably fine. He seems like a pretty progressive dude. But the other three, just three fucking morons. And I know this is, it's sort of like a thankless job. I get it. Because in some ways, you're just sort of an employee for the owners. Yeah. A mouthpiece. Yeah, you're a mouthpiece. Yeah. But 
but there's a way to be a little bit more effective uh, than well, these Adam three Well, Adam Silver are. in the Donald Sterling situation was a perfect example. He came out in front of it and just said, no, this is the way it's going to be. What was it, a day? Two days? After yep. the whole, all the, sh- all the shit really hit the fan? Fuck. It was done. Took care of it. Done. Everybody was happy with the way he handled it. Done, done, done. Everybody moved on with their lives, basically. Sterling didn't, but... Yeah, no, he didn't. <laughs> the rest of us did. He did in six months, that's why. No, he with the lawsuit and good luck with all that, but... Well, his favorite his favorite part of his life was walking in on uh, uh, his his players showering and saying, "Look at that black beauty that I own." So now he wasn't able to have the favorite thing in his world. So it's pretty sad. I mean that that is an insane person. That's a legitimate insane person or evil. Whatever. Money makes you crazy. Yeah. I'd like to try. I'd like to give it a shot. <laughs> just, yeah. just to make sure. Already crazy. You just want to make have sure. Money. Yeah. I've already got the JRP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. You you expect better than that from a person employed by a major market radio station? <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. So that's all the NFL talk I had. Do, do we? Uh, we're probably going to get into. Uh, an actual preview of our uh, beloved uh, Vikes. Some point the here, the yeah, purple. I, I, we can. Uh, how about I do like an appetizer? Just a, just a. You want to give us like a hint? Pretzel bites. Sure. Yeah, maybe a. Oh and sixteen. Oh and sixteen. More to come later. That's just a tapas. teaser. That was a little tacos. Yeah, that was a, that was a little mini tacos. Yeah. Yep. Are you? Change your mind. Of course. I yeah. the first yeah, the first uh time Anthony Barr blows up some unsuspecting <laughs> sixth round again running back. I'm they're sixteen and all the first time here in this week. With yeah, that's I'm sixteen and all. You have described every phone call Ain't no stopping us now. <laughs> Just Whitehead. Yeah. 0-16. 0-16. So let me ask you. Um, you guys can disagree with me if you want to. Um, I don't care. I'm not going to change my mind. Um, I've always felt, and I've always felt it's pretty obvious, that um, uh, black athletes don't get treated the best in Minnesota. Uh, we're just not very comfortable with them. And especially black quarterbacks. Um, but we do have our guys that we like. That we really love more than anything, um, Kevin Garnett or whoever, right? Or Kirby Puckett. So we're not like categorically racist. We just don't give them the benefit of the doubt ever. So my question to you is: Do you think Teddy Bridgewater is going to get the beloved savior treatment, or is he going to get like the ugh, Dante Culpepper, Randy Moss, you know, sort of like ugh, he's a little, little too? You know, I I just can't. You know, where do you think he's going to land on that? Would uh, to go back a step, I would not put Moss in with Dante. Dante caught a lot more help than Moss did. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Uh, Moss did a lot of shit. Yeah, he kind of. What the Moss didn't catch any. Moss was one of the most beloved athletes still, in Minnesota history, and still in. He, I don't know, he man. I kind of felt like he got. Phenomenon. You don't know. What the fuck are you I think he got shit on a little bit too often. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, you're so fucking high. Do you remember Vikings football before 1998? It is nothing like it is now. The no. level of interest. Hey, better doesn't mean good. Entirely, it is entirely because of Randy Moss. I don't entirely. know. Okay. I think... I'm your typical outstatement sort of racist. They probably have a Moss jersey. Yeah, man. Okay, so you think he's in with the Kevin Garnett company? He transcended the franchise. He didn't transform it. He transcended. I mean, he was amazing. Different. I just remember he brought in a whole new fan base. I felt like Chris Carter in in my memory. Chris Carter was the well. This is the hardworking, eloquent. Black guy and this Randy Moss fucking blue like that's what I felt like the casual racist. You have your own proclivity. You have your own way of looking at the universe, and it's fine. But I think you're assigning that where it doesn't belong. And I know I'm not going to change your mind, but I also remember the um, the water bottle incident where he sprayed a ref with a water bottle. He did all these like weird, innocent things, and I felt like people were freaking out over something that was like that's kind of silly. I loved it, and everybody I know loved it. Oh, all I right, lived in cool. Fargo at the time. I couldn't be more. I couldn't have lived in more of a white bread oasis in Far, Fargo, North Dakota. And I, everybody loved it that I knew. Oh man, I just remember people. I maybe my family members are like way more racist than I was thinking. I thought they were just like basic and you lived racist. In Brooklyn Center, so I don't know, Brandon. I guess I, I don't know what the. Okay, so Dante is our example. Oh, still you cut out. Sorry. Um, so. Dante is our is our epitome, right? Like a dude who was really good and just repeatedly shit on constantly. Maybe it's a quarterback thing. Is that what we're saying? I don't know because I don't think he was pretty justified with T Jack. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. T Jack people liked people liked Dante when he was doing well. They liked Randall Cunningham when he was doing well. And Dante, Moon. Dante got a lot of heat. Yeah. Shit, just because of the the tiny the tiny finger thing. Oh, it's just it's like, bah. it's got to be kidding about that, right? But no, they weren't. They would always ask for Brad to replace them, and like, really, you want the statue to replace the the giant? Yeah, and maybe I'm missing something, but I was here for Dante, and I was here for Ponder, and I I don't think Ponder got a break last year. I think he did maybe the first couple of years because people wanted. But did he did he catch a break last year? Something I felt like that was ninety uh, percent of your tweets last bad. year. <laughs> it was just... 
Maybe it's just me. Maybe I I clouded the water. No, I feel like 90% of your tweets were yelling at other people for thinking, maybe it was just Rand, but for thinking he wasn't the worst quarterback on the planet. I think he got... Right. Well, that's what, that worked out well for me. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I'm with that you. That would have been uh, embarrassing uh, had he, if he were now a pro bowler. <laughs> yeah. I pretty much pushed all my chips in the middle of the table on on Potter. Um, but in your defense, you had a, you had like a four of a kind in your hand. Mm-hmm. Like, this is well. for sure a winner. Yeah. This guy cannot throw 30 mm-hmm. yards. I will guarantee you he won't be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, that was the cards I was holding. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Pelissero was was over there, you know, to, with an ace-high. Ace-high um, couple. Offsuit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you think that Teddy Bridge, the, the point of Teddy Bridgewater right now, the, the main uh, opinion is that we're excited, we're happy, he's going to be great. I think he is roots. in a good spot because he is not coming in replacing somebody that was beloved or mm-hmm. that did well. He is he his expectations how you you like to say about managing expectations they're low right now. He simply has to outperform Christian Ponder. Okay. To not be absolutely hated. Also, and this this is a very key thing if you look at those college clips. He's really good. <laughs> that's a good thing. He's got some talent. That's a good. That's a good. Yeah. It's new just, and different. Yeah, the like there's that one back foot fifty five yarder down the sideline that he threw on a hit in the hands. I mean, it's just, he's got talent. So I think that's that's the key thing. Might have drafted a really good quarterback. <laughs> and it's it's important. We we got to note this. He he wasn't the first overall pick because that alone brings with it its own that is very helpful bucket of expectations. Yeah, he got picked late. You know, he's gonna he's already seen as kind of a steal. Yeah, poor guy was at the draft yeah, night. So yeah. he's got a lot going for him already. He's really got to shit the bed to to lose all the goodwill, all the capital. He's he's already built up. He didn't build it up. I mean. It, Exactly. He had no control over where he was going to get drafted. He's done everything he needed to do. Had a good college career. He said everything he needs, needs to say. He's not going in right now saying, oh, I better be number one, otherwise I'm going to be pissed. You know, he signed right away. He, mm-hmm. He's done everything right to date. I'm just going to come and try to learn from Matt. Just saying all the perfect things. Learning from Matt. So far, so good. Man. Yep. You can learn so much. How <laughs> easy to be a Competition is Matt Castle. That's true. Yeah. God, he's got to be feeling <laughs> Eventually, it's coming, and it's coming in too short of a fashion. Or too long of a fashion. <sighs> All right. Well, that's our teaser, 0-16. Is that what we're saying? That's our uh, that's our potato skins. Yep. Do you think Teddy will be okay, and he'll avoid the head to take cold pepper race for Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, didn't that get that. Fun. Sorry. <clears throat> okay. Should we touch on the twins at all? Um, here's the thing. Here's what I want to talk about. So we have always been on team. Well, I think for the most part, we've been on team 2016 for a while, yes. all year, right? Official sportive position. We all agreed. So it was stamped. Official so then like position. a couple weeks ago, I floated the idea of, are we team 2016 or are we this season plus two more seasons. 
It's a very big distinction, obviously. I don't understand. Why can't you be 2016? That's really your focus, but if anything else comes along, you're just going to kind of, like, ah, I'll pretend like this season could something could happen. No, no, no. I'm saying, are we always looking two years in the future no matter what year it is? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm this sorry. year plus two no. years. And that's no, sad, I'm... but that's where we've been because I guarantee if we went back and looked at some tweets of ours of 2011 or 2012 or whatever, we were like, 2015 could be the, you know, could be the thing. So are we sticking with 2016? Because the thing that worries me and uh, Clarence, I know you in particular have tweeted a few times of, hey, this is the uh, this is the um, lineup, and here is the pitching rotation in sure, 2016 and all it. that. I love doing that. Yep. It's super yep. fun and super optimistic, right? Um, yes. Let's let's use um, nine people in the lineup and then five pitchers, so 14, let's just say 15 dudes, right, uh, yep. are going to be our impact players in 2016. Sure. What of those 15 players have proven that they are major league players so far? Very few. That's a great point. It's something I've been thinking a lot about. This season has largely been a disappointment because of the 15 guys that are projected, if you were to do a reasonable projection for 2016, Mm -hmm. the majority of those guys are having bad to mediocre at best seasons and it has to be concerning right Um, right uh i think we did this or is that not what you're asking brandon no that's exactly what i'm asking how are we supposed to feel confident about 2016 when not only are none of those guys in the major leagues but they're not even that great in the minor leagues Hurt. A lot of them are having, yeah, they're, or they're hurt. Is really, or they're hurt. Yeah, two of the biggest deals. Uh, if you're going to say what's what's gone well, you'd probably have to point to Alex Meyer and, and Trevor May, uh-huh. and I guess Phil Hughes too. He signed through 16. So yep, right there. There's your oh, and Dozier. And, and Dozier. Okay, so that's probably one through four. That's two of the higher tier. And even now, say, okay, so out of those four that you feel good about, two of those have never played in the major leagues before. Amazing prospects years. crap out. Yeah, 24. Right? Amen. But at least they're doing well, Brandon, because there's guys that are supposed to be in 2016 team that are not doing well, even at the minor league level. So, yeah. Uh, we are, or are hurt, like, Probably Gibson is in the next level where he's doing okay, kind of showing that he can pitch in the major leagues. He could be not... on the team, sure. Well, he better be. 2015, 16. <laughs> kind of need him to, yeah. to be. I mean, Berrios and Cole Stewart probably won't be ready. Berrios maybe. Yeah. He's doing well. Cole Stewart's pitching, pitching okay. Um. But the position players, holy shit, they don't have a catcher. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a swamp. Oof, Pinto can't catch. Uh, they don't have a catcher. They don't have a shortstop. Different. Up the middle positions that are important, and they don't, they don't have one. Nobody that projects to be to stick there. Santana probably can't stick a shortstop. Polanco, I mean Rosario. Polanco there's 
No, I mean Rosario's already moved. He's at he's gone. Gordon's years away, and he's a fucking hope. He's a wish right now. Gordo at what 2017? That is being extremely optimistic. That's he'll be turning from 20 to 21 that season. Yeah, starting at that's at best case scenario. Yeah, that's not good. 17. And it's unlikely, even that. So. We're like five players deep of the 15 solid players that we need, and we're already just hoping against hope for 2016. Jesus, that's Sano hops back, that Buxton is what we hope he is, that Arcia figures out how to hit an off-speed pitch. Because right now he can't. Yep. He is well, he can't. Pedro Serrano. He can't do it. Especially Jack Jones, right? He's fucked. He can't, he can't do it. He's exactly Jack Jones. Both are left-handed now. I think he's got more talent than Jock Jones. I, I do. I think he's got a higher ceiling. But right now. But right now, it's the way he's hitting. He's out in front of everything. Um, who are we missing here? Parmalee, Ploof, Hicks, all those guys underperform. And if you really want to blame the current Twins status on anybody, and I, I guess I haven't heard this a lot elsewhere, if at all. Um, people love to blame Maurer. They love to blame some of the bad free agents the Twins have signed over the last few years. It goes back to the draft in the mid-2000s. These first-round picks that have not panned out, that should be stars right now, that were first-round picks that aren't doing shit. Trevor Plouffe is doing okay. O- okay. But we don't. If they're going to be successful, you can't have Trevor Plouffe be okay. Yep. You need him to be very good. You need Chris Parmley to be very good. You need Aaron Hicks, another first-round draft pick, to be very good. You need Kyle Waldrop to be on a major league baseball team. Alex, <laughs> or no? What's Wimmer's pick. name? Alex Wimmer's. <laughs> Alex Wimmer's, 2010. You need him to be on the pro club. Low payroll. You know, keeping your costs down. Giving you lots of production. You need Shooter Hunt. Shooter, is he up yet? You need Carlos. Shooter's got to be close. Gutierrez. There's another guy that fell through the cracks. Gutierrez. Nobody even talks about these. Are all first round picks that aren't even in the anybody's universe. Diolis. They didn't. Whatever his name. He was a first runner, wasn't he? The top prospect, at least. Yeah. Well, he was in the Santana trade. I don't know where he was drafted, but he was in the Santana trade. Either way, a huge prospect. Got to pan out. <laughs> Huge prospect. By now, he should be up, you know, the closer. Or he should be in the bullpen. You know, it's just, he's not. He's at AAA. Uh, these are all guys from, the, like I said, the mid-2000s to late-2000s that are first-round draft picks that other teams, that's where their success is coming from, these first- and second-round picks that they hit on. And the Twins aren't getting it. They got Brian Dozier, who was, what, like a fourth-round pick, I think? And... Who are their best players? Maurer was from over 10 years ago now. 03, yeah. Um, it's just this giant gap. That's where their failures lie right now are these draft picks that never caught on and are mediocre at best. Trevor Plouffe is, is the best case scenario. The rest of them aren't even on the club. Yikes. They're not even on the team. They're gone. I don't even know if half of them are in baseball. Gross. It's I think they're all like, like Mike Restovich plays in Rochester. <laughs> just hang out, go to Newt's North, have a burger. Yeah. Okay, so my question is: Are we sticking to 2016, or do we have to push this out a year? 
I'm sticking to it. I can't do this, Brandon. All right, so you're hoping. Even in the face of logic. You're yes. hoping. Are you going to – would you put some money down on them being good in 2016? No, because hope is not a strategy. Hope is hope. Right. Hope is being a fan. Yeah. But when it comes to – hope is not a business strategy. I wouldn't put money on it. No. That, that's not so looking fucking good. sad. They've been bad for four years now in the major leagues. We are giving them the benefit of the doubt by looking two years into the future after being so bad for four years, they got a million good draft picks, and we still don't feel confident at all that they're going to be. And I'm not asking for a World Series team, by the way. I'm asking like 85 wins, like competitive, like a a legit organization, you know? Meaningful August games. We've talked about it before on the podcast. Just some excitement. How much fun is it to be in a pennant chase in August. Yeah, we don't play for the team. Awesome. Like it's not it's not just ring or bust no. for us. No. We're just trying to enjoy no. ourselves in these games. On oh. a Sunday afternoon sitting down in the middle of a pennant chase in August, done mowing the grass. Yeah. Crack a beer and watch the twins and care about if they win or lose. That's fun as fuck. I don't want to be able to buy twins tickets in August for four dollars. <laughs> like that sucks. Yeah. I am the cheapest son of a bitch you've ever met, and I bought front row seats for yesterday's game for my daughter and I. Front row. I've never done that in my life because they right. were so inexpensive. Yeah. That's so I could. Cheapest son of a bitch all time. <laughs> yeah. Car, me and Carl Polad. Unbelievable. One like A. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just the weirdest thing. Like it's barely related, but sort of. Um, I tweeted this. Um, thing out earlier today um my guy will leach from sports on earth does this thing where he talks about most tortured fan bases in a league i don't know if you read it Mm -hmm. um so he does like nhl nba whatever um and he did nba this week and he listed the wolves at number 12 um number 12 most tortured fan bases i'm using one of nba's 50 timeouts here (laughs) good one 12 12 yeah no, no. Because no, his it, point of view... makes it, it an illegitimate article to begin with. And he is I don't care what one of my favorite dudes. And that was just absolutely fucking idiotic, right? But he had these teams ahead of them that have seen a ton of success but have never won at all. And he's, like, using that as this big... So, like, okay, so the Wolves obviously haven't... But other teams have been around longer and have gotten... You know, like, he had the Jazz... Ranked higher than the Wolves. He had the um, New York Knicks, uh, the Indiana Pacers, the fucking what? Pacers, who have been, like, really oh. good for five straight years. He's got them ranked ahead of the Wolves. And it's like, dude, if you're playing for the organization, yeah, maybe. We are fans of an organization. All we want is some wins and some excitement and some fun or whatever. The Wolves are the most tortured because they're the most pathetic. Like, the Twins, he wouldn't rank very high because... Well, for one thing, they won it in 91, which, I mean, let's just remember, that's a long time ago. You know? Like, he would think that deserves so, some credit or whatever. Like, that doesn't deserve any credit, man. Like, just be competent. Just, his point, I guess, is that it's worse to be a guy that's, like, gone to third base with a bunch of chicks, maybe gotten a bunch of strip clubs, and gotten really close just lots never of handies. actually he, but he's still a virgin never no, got it wet and just 
Yeah. Never got. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's worse to be that guy than the guy that's never even seen a boob, like not once on TV or any. It's worse to be the guy that's gotten close but hasn't done the deed than yep. the guy that just doesn't even know anything about it. And I don't know that that's true. Or like in the Marlins right? case, like paid for a hooker twice. <laughs> that's, yes. <laughs> that's a good comp. I like that. Uh, like I don't want to – I would much rather be an A's fan than a Marlins fan, right? I don't even think that's even like up for debate. They won twice, fine. But they've been brutal for another 18 seasons. The A's well, are always at least in it. Do I have to live in Oakland or Miami? <laughs> Neither. Just, you don't have to get close team. to either one of those cities. I think I'd rather live in Miami than, than Oakland, but I'd rather not live in either. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the, that's the question. Would you rather be a Marlins fan or an A's fan? You had two great nights as a Marlins fan. You had two fun and then, a, I don't know, bragging rights or I don't even know if that's a thing. For off seasons, you know, hey, we're the champs, whatever. Yeah. I don't know how much joy that brings you after that first night. I, I don't really understand. But to me, it's it's the biggest it's the biggest no-brainer ever. You go for the A's. You're having fun and you're excited and you're getting these, like, daily, this daily joy every single mm-hmm. summer, every year. Whereas Marlins, like so you're not even paying attention, right? You're done after who's his May. Number one, most tortured fan base. More than I can't even think of one, much less eleven. Oh, like, this is number one. God, the Suns were up there. The Sacramento King. I mean, the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, I get it. Um, yeah, I'll have to look it up. Um, oh, here we go. Oh, uh, Clippers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get the. Yeah, I yeah. guess I can't. Yeah, but okay, there's one. But even then, like, and I know it's a little bit of uh, just most recent, but um, I think the tortured thing is what's getting me because, like, sure, I get, but I would much rather be a Clippers fan than a Wolves fan. His number two is the sure. Cavs. I get that the Cavs have had, but Jesus, future's pretty bright. Like I'm pretty damn lucky. <laughs> They've had three straight number one overall picks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How many have the Wolves had in their history? <laughs> I know the answer to that. Remind me. Not, a, not a ton. Not a lot. Not not a lot. Though. Not one. Not not one. They've had three. Probably zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe He's got Golden like State Silver. Warriors. I, mean, I just changed my mind. No, I just changed my mind. I don't like Adam Silver anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway... The point is, like, I don't need them. I don't need the twins to win at all. I just need them to be like fairly competitive for me to be happy. You for us to be happy. That, yeah, in the early two thousands when they were winning divisions. Yeah, fine. Even that. Even if when we look back at it now, we're like, well, they weren't that great. They were just, you know, because they had an easy division. They just got smoked every year. Fuck it. A shitty team wins the World Series like once every two or three years. Like it happens all the time. Like just some team that snuck into it. Yep. You know it. It, it happens. So just get to the playoffs and see. You know, see what you can. Well, do. we got a rude awakening in 2011. If you remember the beginning of the season, it was man. Do you think the Twins can get past New- the Yankees this year? You know, yeah. That yeah. was our biggest worry. Was that we got to build this team so they can succeed the playoffs? Got to get a couple aces. You can't oh. do it with just these number threes. 
God, we were naive. Man. We were so young and just... Just loving life, had no clue what was going on in the world. Fuck, we got a wake-up call. We just got booted out of our posh apartment. Yeah, that was paid for. Didn't know how good we had it. Yep. Yeah, not good. Fuck, didn't know how good we had it. I didn't know. No. I didn't know. Okay, so we're we're sticking to, to Team 2016. I am because I can't I can't put it off another year. All right. Well, just just so you know, um, I'm going to keep asking about this until something changes. All right. I'm going to keep my up with my delusions. Then and we'll just keep playing this. We'll keep dancing this dance. It's and... fun to have traditions. <laughs> it is. <laughs> no. Um. Okay. Uh, last question because this has um, gone on far too long for anybody's taste. Um, would you trade our friend Glenn Perkins if you're the GM? It would depend on the offer. All right, you're getting oh, Jesus. He's got a pretty good contract. You're getting another organization's top five prospect. Depends on the organization. Go, let's go, Baseball America, top. You know, in that. Yep. Realm, you're getting a Baseball America top. 20 prospect. Oh, man. Yes. Stuart. I know. (laughs) This is hard. And how much of this are you just accounting for him being a very nice guy? Is that most of it? Me on Twitter. Uh, Zero. (laughs) Zero at all. But it's just... I'm calling... As much as... I am more about you can't keep trading away guys that may be part of your next wave that you're building. Oh, so this is part of your dilution thing. Absolutely. Okay. It's it's absolutely... Because he's got the long-term contract. I know he's on the wrong side of 30. I I get it. But... If you're going to be delusional, go all in. You're, I'm planning on 2016 still competing, and you can't you can't trade away guys that could be part of that. Right. I am generally. But you um, can. That's the tough. God damn it, Beck. You can. Fuck. I am That's generally funny. of the belief of sell high on every pitcher, no matter what, all the time, That's because we're all belief. like one curveball away from our arms. Uh, breaking in half. So, and yeah. I know that's probably because I have had these very weird arm problems where I feel amazing one day and the next day it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. It's fucking over. <laughs> I have I've had elbow problems. It hurts, mm-hmm. and it's and we've seen it a million times. If you look at the ERA leaders from like three years ago, I bet half of them are like not any good at all anymore. Right? It's just a very fickle thing. So, any any pitcher. Fucking trade Phil Hughes right now. Trade them all. Anybody who's doing well, trade them. Get what you can for them. <laughs> and let's move on. We got some good quality value out of a pitcher, which is tough to do. Um, and I just think that it would be good for him too, right? Maybe he would not. I mean, he would, he would love to go to uh, the A's right now or whoever, right? I don't think he would. You don't think so? That much of a hometown boy? There's so much poop in this studio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
Stu, know. I've gotten like every six words that you've said so far, but I did hear all of that one. I liked it. I, I'm in the same boat, but I did like the poop comment. I did hear poop. <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough question. God damn it, because you can't just you can't sign a guy to a team friendly contract and then trade him and then hope that anybody else will do the same down the road. Yeah. No, That's okay. There's there's that as well. I get it. If you but are can you live that way, can you just not trade anybody because you're worried about future free agents signing here? I don't know that you can live that way either. Yeah, because they're not a free agent organization to begin with. Remember how That's uh, true. I mean they spent twenty one million on Josh Willingham. It's a lot of money, guys. That's a lot of and money. People just tugged it over that. Oh guys, my that's, god! That's just a big old bit. Jesus! Wow! Like, oh, oh, they're okay. opening up the wallets. Here we go. Here we go, the buddy. Dodgers. We take my you know, pants they off. They lose that in the couch cushions. The Dodgers, you know, in between. It's innings. not even worth it for them to look to see if they have seven million no. in the couch cushions. Like I don't have the time for that. Let it go. No. Um, okay, so that okay. So let me ask you this: um, If we had Mark Cuban running the Twins, um, would he trade Perk? Would like a super engaged, crazy, competitive owner? Would he trade Perk or not? Of course he would. Yeah. So that's like the the callous, smart look into the future business move is to trade Perkins because he we don't well. Mm-hmm. Trading Perkins says we don't think we're going to be good for two years, right? That's basically what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brandon, you're a moneyball guy, right? What? You're a moneyball guy, right? I am. Uh, relievers are as easily replaceable as just about anybody on in baseball, correct? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the saying. And it, I hate that. Yeah, yeah. It's the thing. That you just—it's the situation they're in. And there's actually no better trade ship than a closer on a shitty team. That's true. Son of a bitch. So if some team came to you with a top ten baseball America prospect, here's a third base. Here's a twenty-one year old third baseman. You know, or something. Just you know, right. Corner somebody's. You're set up for the next seven to ten years with them. You have to. Yeah, he's Mitch. crushing it at double A right now. But yeah. so many of those guys don't make it either. Correct. Very correct. But still, it, it, even if it doesn't pan out, you probably have a guy in the miles per hour at double A. He's running into a reliever. Or you can get some with someone else. To make him a year closer for Shit. That's the thing about these prospects. Right. Like, yeah, you're, right. you're right that some of mm-hmm. them don't make it. That's why you need a lot of them. Like right now, we've got we're, those 15 guys uh, in 2016 that we care about. Uh huh. 11 of them have never touched a major league diamond at all, right? So, no matter if these Most are the best 11, uh, top 11 baseball America prospects, let's say, let's say we had like the best farm system of all time, mm-hmm. there's still going to be three of those 11 that are fucking terrible and can't ever play, right? Absolutely. Look at the baseball America from four Even years ago. The best ago. one of all time. Yep. So can't hit a curveball. Something. So you got to get a bunch of them. You can't just go. Well, hey, look at this. Twenty sixteen. If this guy mm-hmm. works out and this guy works out, this guy works out, we could be pretty good. It's like, yeah. Well, that has never happened uh, ever. It's. I remember going to a Royals game against the Twins, but down in Kansas City, like 
what, three, four years ago. It was the night that Hosmer, Eric Hosmer, debuted. And he had a home run off. I don't remember who on the Twins. And I'm watching the, the Royals play, and they had, you know, Billy Butler and Hosmer, and they had Moose. Gordon. And I'm looking at him like, fuck, in four years, these guys are just going to be incredible. These yeah. guys are, are yep. so young, but they're. I'm watching them hit, and they hit well at the major league level. Bert. Uh, and I'm like, fuck, these guys are going to be so good. And they had some pitchers coming up, and oh, I was like, motherfucker. And look at them now. They're okay. What are they, six games out or something in, this, in a horrible central? Like they're yeah. not in anything great. Like you said, they, even, they were doing okay at the majors. and But eventually they can just flame out like anybody else. Yeah, I just think you got to, unless you're a Billy Bean uh, type where you just will have some sort of process they're going to stick to that you know works and you're you know reviewing it every year and you know they're they're big into platoons and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. if you're not going to be able to work that hard um or come up with those sort of theories then you just need to play your odds with as many prospects as possible you can't put all your Stop eggs in these them. yeah i mean yep. i don't know what else to do i don't know so, I mean, the Rays were really good doing that for years, right? They just had like a billion mm-hmm. prospects, and they all came up, and then they trade them all Eventually, away. Eventually, and... the winning caught up with them, where they, they didn't get the high-end picks yeah, because they won too much. Right. And that's what happens with the Twins, too, right? They have a couple of years where they're good, and then the, they got to get rid of their big guys, and, and it goes away. So That's it. Yeah. I think the hope is... Whereas in 87 and 91, they had to break these teams up after a couple of years because they were a small market, whatever. I'm guessing inside the organization, the hope is if we could do that again, you know, suck for a while and then bring all these guys up, we can actually mm-hmm. keep them now. Now we don't have to trade these guys away or whatever. Like that's, and that's keep, their and hope trade principle. Them, trade them before they get shitty for new replaceable parts and that just keep the cycle going that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And their hope is just as delusional as ours. It's gorgeous. The world's full of delusions, absolutely. Ugh. Well, anyway, I hope the Polad's movies are doing well. Oh, I'm I'm sure. You know that they're working on those night and day. So passionate. Good for them. They found something they loved. It's just that they end up ignoring what we love, which is a... I'm sure that they get on the horn today, you know, call up Terry. Hey, how's how's Coob's doing? How's, how's he? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. That was a good dip. Like, oh, he's yanking at his tie. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Bill, I hate the biggest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, really? Well, that's, ah. that's, how about Bartlett? How's, how's, how's old Barty doing? What do you mean he <laughs> retired? He was pretty good, right? <laughs> what? I'm going to open up a paper no. in seven years. Jim, this this was like three months ago this happened. What the fuck have you been doing? Well, <laughs> been on production. Is, uh, been in the editing bay. Just been <laughs> in the editing bay. Oh, man. That's a bummer. Just don't give a sh- oh, Son of a bitch. All right. Well, I think in the future, uh, I'm going to try to come up with something positive to end this. Because, I mean... I'm pretty sure the rest of our podcasts for the first year about future are going to be just as depressing as this one. There's no well, reason it wouldn't be. Or maybe be happy, though. <laughs> so I'll try to come up with something fun to end it. Uh, 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. We'll see what like happens. Like something positive in Minnesota sports related? Or or just something positive in general, like, I don't know. Puppies? Fun, fun impression maybe that I could work. Or yeah, maybe like Oops. just describing uh, a, a funny cat picture that I saw. Do you do, impre- do you do impersonations? I'll try to work on it. I think we need it. I think we need a little bit of... I do a Bill Cosby or uh, you know a, some something good. Have? No, I don't have it. I'll work on it though. I'll work. Do on you it. have one that you've already worked on that you're? That you like local clubs? Uh, I haven't been haven't been out in the clubs lately. Uh, I'll try to get so there. None at all. No, you I was saying any impersonation. I was saying for the future, I'll. Uh, I know you are. I'm saying, but you're just gonna pick it up cold turkey, just like I'm just gonna start doing them. You don't want to even do them at all. No. I'm gonna I'm gonna workshop him in the shower. Oh, for Christ's sake! Good Lord. Never done. Stu, do you do any impersonations? Nope, not a one. I mean, I do a Roycey, but everyone does a Roycey. All right, let me hear your Roycey. That's pretty good. I do a Sushere laugh. That's kind of close to a Roycey. All right. <laughs> I don't. I honestly have never heard him talk before, but it was a very funny sound. That, that's the whole. I can I don't think I do any. I do uh, Tony Danza from Who's the Boss. All right, let's hear it. <clears throat> Angela, Samantha, <laughs> Mona. <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> That's it. That's all. I really hope people listen to the end of this one. I made it worth it. Just saying names. Angelo. That's what I can't. I don't have any actual sentences. Mona. I should do any sentences in front of the first Jonathan. <laughs> That's how the whole person is just him saying those names over and over. Just a roll call. Yep. <laughs> Present. Good. Uh, all right. Well, I'll work on some impressions. I'm gonna try to do like a Springsteen, maybe a maybe a Bill Clinton. Um, oh, we've done Clinton on here. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't think that was recording though. Was that a green room? Where's the green room one? What is his wiener? Yeah. Oh yeah. Ugh, boy. Things got really out of hand then. All right, boys. Okay. I've had enough. Uh, wanted to tell you, I'm very excited that we're going to be able to start doing these in person again because I'm moving back to Minnesota. It'll be awesome. Excited too. Yeah. Wait. It's going to be good. It's going to be good things. So, um, you're going to really like it. What? You're living with your like folks or something when you get back, or yes, yes. God damn it, I'm living with my parents. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh my I should, god. I should have pressed on top of a fucking bridge right now. <laughs> I should have pressed stop before you. I had to admit that. Um, like, oh, son of a bitch. Luckily, uh, very luckily, my parents have an entire basement that they um, oh, never gosh. ever go down into or use. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, we just lost Clarence. He oh, laughed no. so hard he had to leave. All right, well that should be that should be a good time to uh, to cut it out. So, um, 
We'll see you later. Next week on the podcast, uh, impressions and more of the Owen 16 Vikings. We're going to get into it. So, um, try to get a guest. Maybe we won't, but we'll try to record one. And that's important. That's important. The best we can do is try. So from all of us to all of you, uh, thanks for listening. And we're very sorry as usual. Yep. Sorry, mom. Okay. Bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.